Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. And I know you all got your Bibles, so good. Where are my electronic Bible people at? Do we have some people on their electronic Bibles today? Good. You can follow along. I take all the notes for you, make it easy for you. If you're on your uh, Living Stones app, just click on uh, Sunday, the, right down there in the middle, and today's service, and all the notes are in there. If you're ever wondering what the lyrics are for the songs on Sundays, I put them in there every week for you. Um, so just utilize that tool. There's lots of cool stuff in there, and at the very bottom of that is the, uh, is the small group questions that you can use during the week. So uh, that's all there for you. I, I cheated for you. Say thank you, Pastor. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh, that felt so good. I, didn't, I need to just ask for thanks more often. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. How many of you like like going to sporting events? Yeah? What what kind of sporting events do you like to go to? Football, water polo, hockey, what, baseball? Did I hear baseball? What else? Soccer? Awesome. Um, there's so many good ones. Uh, like the pro ones. Is anybody like basketball, like going to pro basketball games, like pro football games? I mean, pro hockey games. Like one of my favorite parts about going to a, a professional athletic event is the Jumbotron. Does anybody like the Jumbotron? Like the Jumbotron, I mean, that thing is massive and so much fun. And my favorite thing is when they start scanning and looking at people in the crowd, right? Because they get all these different examples, right, of different people. And it's so much fun to see how people are going to respond. Anybody like the kiss cam, right? All of a sudden, like, like oh, I guess, I guess we've got to do this, like in front of everybody, right? And the kiss cam, or the, the flex cam is one of my favorites, watching these little kids just like, you know, just uh, just trying to be all huge, and it's so much fun. But everybody acts a little different. Sometimes it scans over to somebody, and they're just like, oh, don't look at me, don't look at me, right? You ever see that person, right? So I, I, I snagged this this reel. I think it's called a reel. I'm, I'm still, I'm kind of in the in-between being old and young, so I don't know what things are called. So we have Leonardo DiCaprio on the top and Jeff Goldblum on the bottom. And I just love how they both responded completely different to being on the Jumbotron. You've, you've got Leonardo DiCaprio's like, oh, dude, oh, man, don't look at me right now. Like, uh, it, 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 dude, come on. Like, not right now. And then, then you got Jeff Goldblum. He's, he's like never been on camera before, right? He's like, he's like, hey, hey, God, oh, I love, oh, it's so good. I love you, right? He's just like so excited. Look at that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's just like pure humanity right there. One of them is completely embarrassed. Like probably just said something ridiculous or had food on his face or whatever. And then the other one is like, oh my gosh, they see me. Here I am. Oh, like thank you for all cheering for me and looking at me, right? It's, uh, somebody say, today's message is titled, On Display. On Display. On Display. It's something about being seen. I, I, I swear, it's funny when watching that Jumbotron, when, I, I love it when they don't even notice they're, they're on yet. You ever, you ever get those ones? where they're, the Jumbotron's on them and they're just kind of like eating their pretzel and talking and whatever, blah, blah, blah. and then somebody points it out and then they're like, <laughs> they like just get so excited, like the demeanor just changed, pretzel just flew across the, the thing, you know, they're just like so excited. It's something about being seen that is just such a blessing to our soul, just such a blessing to our heart. And I want to tell you, I love, I'm enjoying this, this series so far. Did you enjoy last week? I know, I know it invoked a lot of conversation, didn't it? It, uh, I mean, try preaching that. Come on, somebody. Like, you come in and start preaching that, and it feels like you're, you're cutting through the tension 
of, of humanity. And, and uh, I know we talked about it at small group and, and we, we cut through a little deeper and we talked about it at men's group and we cut through a little deeper and, and it was just so good all week long to talk about that and, and to really just hash things out because sometimes we, we forget who God is in all of this and we start to put our opinions above God. Come on, somebody. Uh, I want to say good morning to some of the people online real quick before I forget. I did forget last week. I was too pumped to preach. But uh, Norma, thank you for being online today. We love you. Kelly Carrillo, love you so much. Glad you're there. Cassie, glad you're watching as well. I love you guys. Let me see if I can get people on Facebook too. Oh, yeah, we've got Suzanne Gates, love you so much. Tanya Dominguez, love you so much. Will Robinson, thanks for watching, buddy. I hope you got to see your bride get celebrated. And uh, Chris Twist is here twice. There we go. And, uh, and Cindy, Cindy from Mexico, love you so much. Glad you're watching today and, and a part of uh, the service with us. Uh, oh, my gosh. Are you ready to get in the Word? Go ahead and turn to John chapter 8. We're going to hang out there. That's going to be our main uh, section of text. We'll have a little bit of other stuff in there, but that's going to be in the main section. John chapter 8. Oh, goodness gracious. Here we go. Verse 1. says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. Verse 3. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Oh, man. I mean, what a, what a church service, huh? Right? He gets up. He's ready to preach. And then you got the other, the other pastors. I can't even imagine what, being preaching here this morning and a bunch of other pastors from, come in and say, what should we do with this woman? Right, and they just put her right in the middle of church. Right, he's he's at the temple. He's preaching. Right, he's he's sharing the word, and this is what happens. I I don't know about you, but to me that just blows my mind. Just thinking about that, like what a what a display of ignorance, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, caught in the act of adultery, they put her in front of the crowd. That's not embarrassing, is it? Hello, verse four. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Verse five. The law of Moses said, says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him in, into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Verse 8. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Verse 9, when, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Verse 11, no, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that you see us. I thank you that we're not invisible to you. I thank you that not only, you don't just see our sin, but you see us. You see us as people. You see us as broken, and you're there to put your hand out and just love on us and, and lead us into life. And so, God, we just thank you and we give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. So last week, last week I talked about the controversial commercial, right, the I, I, that that those guys were at that same game right for when that commercial was played and and uh, but that that commercial set off a lot of people man did it set off a lot of people I didn't even realize how many people that was going to set off but it, 
Did anybody go read the article? I'm going to get, oh, I got one hand. I was wondering if I'd get any. Because um, it's like you ask somebody to read, and they're like, what? No, I'm not going to do that. Ask me to watch a 30-second video, sure, but uh, to actually go read. But if you went and read the article about what the point of that, that commercial was about, man, it would have touched your heart. I put, it in, I put it in our app that morning, and so it was all there so you could go and read it. Um, but, uh, man, it's so powerful, talking about what a, what a perfect society would look like if broken people washed each other's feet. So we come into this story, we got another broken person. And I couldn't help but think about that same topic of discussion when we're looking at a pastor or a priest washing a transgender person's feet and how many people that upset to see that. And then I look at this and I wonder how many people got upset at Jesus for not stoning this woman like the law of Moses said to do. These are other pastors. It wasn't just a group of people that were irritated that brought her in before him, right? It, these were other pastors. These were the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. These were the keepers of the law, the people that knew the law the most, that, that knew the word of God the most and brought this woman before Jesus. And were their intentions had really anything to do with her? No. Their intentions were to trap him. Because the law of Moses also says that if, if a man and woman are caught in adultery, they both get stoned. Where's the man at? Where's the guy that was sleeping with her? He's just as much at fault, just as much. In, in, but they're not worried about who's at fault. They're not worried about what the law says. They're worried about trapping somebody in, in their own words. They're worried about proving Jesus wrong. How many of us spend so much time trying to prove somebody wrong that we never actually get close to them? Come on, somebody. Oh, that's deep, isn't it? I know, this stuff's too deep. I, I, one of these days, I'm going to preach a series on, like, puppy dogs and rainbows. Because I always bring all this deep stuff, and you always look at me like, whoa, dude, whoa. Because it, it, it convicts us, doesn't it? It convicts us. I'm not here to convict you, but the Holy Spirit will. The Holy Spirit will. Here, here's point number one for my note takers. Point number one, God sees the bigger picture. God sees the bigger picture. As we, as that commercial went out, I, I, so many of my friends, so many of the people I love, just, like if there's anything you could put on the internet and put on your social media, why does it have to be negativity of somebody else's stuff? You know, like to me, I'm just like, really? Come on. But I had so many of my friends posting negative stuff about a, what a woke church is and don't become a woke church and, and to do all these things. And this, this commercial just shows like spending millions of dollars to be a woke church. And I was like, dude, how did you miss it? How did you miss the whole message there? You know, and, and uh, as, as I looked at that, I, I'm like, man, it couldn't be more wrong. It couldn't be more off, offbeat. This isn't the weakness of what Christians should be. The truth is it revealed the weakness of Christians. It did. You want me to love everyone? I don't agree with that. Because they, their, their sin is sexuality. Their sin is, is something that's an abomination to God. Therefore, I pick up my stone. You can't love them. I've got to be honest with you, that's not what Jesus would have done. It's not. This isn't, that's not who he is. Not his heart. That's not what he came here to do. He, the Bible says that he, I'm going to get ahead of myself. The Bible says that he didn't come here to condemn the world, but that through him they might be saved. Why? Because we're condemned already. If you have any blemish, any sin in your life, you're condemned already. 
No sin can be before the Father. No sin can be in heaven. So that means who qualifies? Does anybody qualify? Not on your own you don't. Not on your own you don't, right? Any of us, I mean, did, did, did you go 76 when it said 75? Come on, somebody. Did you go 80 when it said 75? Did you go 85 when it said 75? Are you with me? Because I know I did. And I, you know what I said to my wife when she's going, you know you're going 85. I said, I'm going with the flow of traffic. Is anybody with me? Come on, right? Like, like I'm going with the, I'm trying, it's safer if I go the same speed as everyone else because that way I won't get rear-ended, right? You know, so there's logic in these things, but, you know, wide is the road to destruction and, and narrow is the road to salvation. Like, come on, somebody, right? And so in the middle of it, it's so easy to justify our sin because it might just be simple. It might be in our head. It might be something else. It's so easy to justify our sin, but be the accuser of somebody else's. Are you with me today? Come on now. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about being a woke church. You know what? Like when I think about what a woke church would mean to me, now, the thing is about definitions today. Definitions don't mean the same thing to, to people anymore. Because why? Because they're not willing to take the 30 seconds to go read the thing. Come on, somebody. We're all guilty today except for you, right, that we didn't go read the thing about that article, right? So in the middle of it all, like, we, we're not willing to go read. Like, did anybody ever actually go look up what woke means, where that t- term came from? We use it now so much. We've heard it so much. Has anybody looked it up? Nobody. Did you? You looked it up, right? We look up, if we actually look up the term, it just means to be aware of, of tension, of, of uh, interracial tension. That's where it came from. Be, be, be awake. Be, be aware. That's all it means. But it's turned into this whole other thing. It's, it's been redefined as, oh, you're one of those people that just, that, that just, you know, just smooths everything out and just pretends like things don't exist. And, and you're just like kumbaya with everybody, but you, you really stand for nothing. That's what it means, right, to us now. That's what the definition means. So definitions get ruined every day. It's amazing to me. Like how something that could be such a good thing turned into something such a bad thing. Are you with me? I'll promise you this. I'm not a woke pastor. I'm not, I'm not about to start doing, doing, doing gay marriages. I'm not going to do it. Never. Because the Bible says I can't. Because it's not okay. But I will promise you this. I will love a gay couple. I will. I will, because they're just as much a sinner as the, as the heterosexual couple that, that has, has their own intimacy issues, has cheated on each other, has done all these other things. The people that I sit and counsel with, the same people that I went and did their marriage, their wedding, are the ones having the same problems in sexuality. Are you with me? So they're just as much and just as jacked up as anybody else. Are you with me? So my job is not to sit there and go like, mm, you can't come to church because you, you think that you're sexually something that doesn't actually exist. But you know what? You can come to church because that's where Jesus is. And, and you need him just as much as the person next to you that's all messed up in a different way. It might be called pride. It might be called, some of us, if, if we went and stepped on a scale, we might, we might be found guilty of overindulging in some areas. Are you with me, right? Welcome to America. Are you with me? So, so you want to judge people but not judge yourself, and that's where we miss it. Are you with me? Come on. Are, we, we need to be seen by God. When I, when I see that picture, and I think about Jesus putting his hand out and saying, I know you're broken. I know you've fallen down. I know you keep messing up. Even when you asked for forgiveness yesterday, here's my hand. Get out of your junk. Now he said to the woman, go and sin no more. That means she was guilty. Now, we got to remember she was found in the act of adultery. 
Like, it's one thing if, like, your neighbor said, hey, I heard she went into their house last night, and then she came out, and her hair was all messed up, just like in the movie. So just so you know, she probably did that. No, she was caught in the act of adultery. I mean, that can get real graphic real quick, right? All of a sudden, we're bringing a woman in who just got caught in the act. What is she wearing? Probably nothing. If she wasn't humiliated before, here she has to be strung out in church by the pastors. Can you imagine right now, if I just aired everybody's dirty laundry, oh, you know what's wrong with this person? You think that they're so great? Let me tell you all their problems too. Like, are you kidding me? That's not our job. That's not our job. And Jesus, when he's sitting here, he's telling them, he's like, listen, you're, you missed it with less than words. Theologians, like, we, nobody knows what he wrote in the sand. Nobody knows what he wrote in the dust. Say, have you ever had, you ever had somebody, like, you, you go into the grocery store and you haven't washed your car in a while and you come back out and it says, wash me on it? You ever had that? Like, some of you have done that to somebody else's car, Right? But in the middle, like, I've, I've, I've had that happen. I remember as a kid coming out and somebody wrote that on my parents' car, wash me. And, like, but what if, what, if, what if God was doing that for all of us? Like, don't we all need washed? And theologians believe that he was actually writing their sins in the sand while they were telling him, what do you think we should do? What do you think we should do? You think we should stone her, right? We're supposed to stone her. Oh, you don't think we should stone her? You're going to break the laws of God? And he's sitting there writing out their sin. Now, we don't know that for sure, but a lot of theologians believe that that's, that's what he was doing, writing their sins in the sand while they're talking so that they could, right? They're probably looking down like, ooh, yeah, have you ever committed adultery there, sir? And they, nobody, just, nobody caught you in the act. Or if you talk to Jesus, he says, if you've ever even thought about someone and lusted out after them in your heart, you've already committed adultery. If you, if you hate someone, you've already, create, you've already committed murder in your heart. That's how bad sin is. It doesn't matter. What, it's so funny how we as human beings put levels on sin. Sin just means blemish. It means if there's anything wrong with it. And all of us have something wrong with it. And that's the truth. Whether, it's a, whether to us it looks like a, a small blemish or a big one. The Bible says that a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. You ever had unleavened bread? Flatbread. If you've had bread that's not flat, right? Does anybody like, to, like their bread? Yeah, you like bread that's not, it, it means it had something in it to make it puff up, right? It made, it made it proof. It made it get big. That's what it's talking about. So even just a little bit of that, it's not going to be flat bread anymore. Are you with me? So that means that each of us, if we get put in the fire, guess what? You're going to poof up. All of a sudden, everybody would know. Did you, have a, did you have any sin in your life? Uh, actually, like, did you see the size of my bread? Like, are you with me? Like, like, this thing is like spilling over in the oven. Are you with me, right? Like, and Jesus, Jesus isn't not aware of her sin. He knows. She's caught in the act of adultery. He knows. He sees her, but he sees her. Like, I, I, I got to reiterate that so you, you catch that. He sees her. Everybody else sees her too, right? She, she just walked in here probably holding some sheets or whatever, just like, probably got beat on the way in. And here she is, like, completely embarrassed. She probably looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. Are you with me? Just like, just a little bit of like, you know, she's not Jeffrey Goldblum at this moment, right? He's, he's not what's happening. They see her, but they don't see her. They see her, but they don't see her. 
They see an opportunity to manipulate. They see an opportunity to make, put themselves higher, in higher esteem. But they don't see her. Are you with me? And Jesus does the opposite. He, he not only sees her, but he sees them. Are you with me? He sees all of us. He sees us in the middle of our sin. Now, now i got to make sure that you understand, because I can't condemn the Pharisees either. Right? Are you with me? Like, if, if we're going to talk, if we're going to have some real talk here, it's not my job to condemn. Sin already condemns us. The Pharisees are sinning in this moment because they're trying to capture someone in their words. So their own sin is right here on display as well. Are you with me? But in Jesus, as he's walking through this, this moment, this situation, Jesus isn't unaware. He's not going like, oh, crud, how am I going to get out of this one? Are you with me? He's probably more or less just going, these guys. And he starts writing out their sins in the sand. These guys. Are you serious? You're, you, you. I know you ate bacon last week. Right? He's like, Jesus, these guys, right? Like you, you barely made it. You barely made it into synagogue, bro. Like, come on. Let's go. Let's go back to verse three for a minute. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, "This woman was caught in the act of adultery." The law of Moses says to stone her. Ah, what do you say, man? Caught in the act, completely exposed. And then we get back to the scripture that I, I quoted earlier. It's John 3.17. I know you like John 3.16, but we're going to 17 today. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Verse, seven, verse 18. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged or condemned for not believing in God's one and only son. Verse 19. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. Verse 20. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. Why did these men walk away? Do you think it's because, like, oh, well, you're right. Like, no, I, I think it's, I think that's why they, they think of what was in the sand. Like, ooh, crud, what if, what if that, somebody else reads that? They're going to know what I did and who I am and where I fall short. Come on. All who do evil hate the light because it, it exposes them. Verse 21, but those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. I think about my kids. If, if my kids are anything like your kids, and if we're anything like God's kids, <laughs> my kids, if they did something right, they want to tell dad. Dad! I get home, right? I'm, I'm glad you're awake, brother. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't mean to give you a heart attack. If, if you'd have died right there, we'd bring you back to life. Don't worry about it. Dad, look what I did. Right? They want to come and show me. Right? They, they run up. They're like, Dad, Dad, Dad. I, I, I clean the dog run all by myself. You, you got to come see it. You got you to gotta come see it, right? You got to come see it. 
And so I go out there. I'm like, oh, and I, I, I see what maybe I would have done differently, right? Yeah. But, but he's very excited about the fact that he just cleaned the dog run. And, and so I got to go like, good job, buddy. I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. But when he forgets to do the dog run, which is probably more often than, than the other one, I don't see him so quickly when I get home. And it's Wednesday. And the dog run always gets clean on Wednesday. Son, where are you? Uh, I'm in my room. Oh, okay, you're done with your chores? Well, uh, kind of. We want to hide. We want to hide from God when we didn't do what we were supposed to do. It's so much easier to bring it to the light when we did it, right, when we did the right thing. But when we did the wrong thing, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can go to church. It's because I, I, I was on that website that I shouldn't be on. I, I, I flipped somebody off, and, and I had my church sticker on the back of the car. And I don't know if I can go to that church anymore. Me and my girlfriend broke up, so I don't, and she goes to that church, so I don't know if I can go to church anymore. Come on, I've seen it all, man. I've seen it all. Like all these things that put us in a place of shame. But then you have this woman who is put in the place of shame, like utter shame. She's been caught in the act of adultery, brought in here, all messed up and mangled and, and by the pastors themselves. And Jesus goes, where are your accusers now? Where are your accusers now? Do you have anyone to accuse you? And I, I love her response. I love her response. No, Lord, he said. You know what's funny? I, I think for us, we, we go like, yeah, okay. Simple response. She could have said, no, dude. No, bro. No, but she put him in a place of honor. No, Lord. You're the Lord of my life. If there's anybody she could be ashamed in front of, Jesus. And he's the only one that could throw that first stone. Your accusers are gone, and neither do I accuse you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't match the, the hate and the stuff that we're seeing in the news all the time between churches. Between churches. Are you with me? Between between God's people, that when He said to His disciples, they will know that you are My disciples by your love. I pray that if somebody comes into this church, they don't see more division, but they see more love. They see more of Him. They see more of who He is. When you come in here, I pray that you got greeted by four or five people saying, hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here because you want to feel the love and know that you're loved and know that you're welcome. Every one of us has fallen short. None of us is good enough. And I'll be the first one to stand in line. Say, none of us is good enough. I don't measure up to what perfection is. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. I have a question for you. What's God's goal? What's his goal? Here's point number two. You don't have to answer that. God's goal is reconciliation rather than condemnation. Reconciliation. See, here's what we don't realize. As we walk around, we already have on the back it says condemned. Condemned. What does condemned mean? It means no good, not useful, not safe. That's what condemned means. In, in the Marine Corps, I, I lived in a condemned barracks. 
<laughs> yes, that's how things work, right? If, if, if they don't have enough space for people, you go into the condemned. What does the condemned barracks look like? I'm glad you asked. Right? The condemned barracks has other critters that live inside of it too, right? right? So, so some of the fun, most fun things as a Marine like, was, was this living in this condemned barracks with, 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 one, with one of my buddies as my roommate. And, and I remember sitting there as he's playing his guitar, and he, he loved to play Metallica. And, so, and we had like a stack of, of pizza boxes in our, in our closet like this big. It was like the, the $5 Tuesdays at Domino's. Like we were getting $15 worth of pizzas every, I mean, we, we were trying to build furniture out of, out of this, these pizza boxes. Are you with me? But I remember this cockroach, hello, walking down the side of the wall while he's playing his guitar. Now, I know for some of you that would freak you out. Because, and this is Florida, right? So, so, so the, the, the cockroach is not like California cockroaches. These cute little things that you're like, oh, that's a cockroach. No, this is like a Florida cockroach. Like, like, like when it comes down, it kind of goes like, hey, you missed a rift. <laughs> like while he's playing his guitar, he's like, nice try, bro. Like, are you with me? This cockroach comes down. And my buddy, he was so funny. He, he, he reached over, knocked the cockroach off the side of the wall. That thing falls on the ground. It's like a real audible thud. <laughs> you know, like this thing's like, whoa, dude. Like what happened? And of course, we're Marines, right? We're, we, we get paid your awesome tax money to go do really stupid things. So this guy, he, get, he, gets his, uh, he gets his hairspray stuff out, and he sprays this cockroach, lights it on fire, and sends it down the hallway. So now it's in, in our condemned barracks. We've got this cockroach just running down the hall on fire. One of the guys just got out of the shower in his, in, with his sandals on. And he's like, oh, right? Like, incredible. Somebody say, God sees you. Oh, he sees you in all of your glory. Are you with me? Whether it's, whether it's the good things or the dumb things that you do in life. Are you with me? He sees us. But his goal isn't condemnation. His goal is reconciliation. His goal is reconciliation. Because we all walk around with condemned on our backs. If you've sinned at all, you are condemned. God sees the effects of sin in our life. He knows the havoc and destruction that it runs through your life. He knows. Every bit of sin just leads to another one that leads to another thing and leads to, oh my goodness, where did, where did my life go? How did this happen? How did I get here? How did one lie turn into another one, turn into another one, snowballed into my whole life is living this lie now. I, ha- I can't get away from it. Come on, somebody. See, Jesus already knows that sin has wreaked havoc over his people. So he's not here to condemn you for your sin. He's here to wipe it out. He's going like, no, you missed it. He's talking to the Pharisees, you missed it, you guys. Your job isn't here to, to, to make sure that everyone keeps the law. Your job is to lead people to me. Are you with me? That's our job. Pastors, come on, somebody. I don't know if any other pastors listen to my messages, but pastors, we gotta, our job is to lead them to him, to reconciliation, not condemnation. Come on, somebody. Isn't that interesting? Jesus condemned sin rather than people. That sin, no longer valuable. That sin no longer has a value or a hold on your life. That sin is now useless. Are you with me? That sin cannot hold you back anymore. Is anybody hearing me today? That sin, I'm con- I've come not to condemn the people. I've come to condemn the sin. I'm going to kill the sin so it no longer has power in your life. That's what Jesus came to do. So when Jesus is looking at this woman, and I guarantee you, if we did the same thing today, I guarantee you 
there'd be so much backlash. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Most, a lot of pastors, including myself, would not know what to do in those situations. We want to love, we want to have grace, but we also don't want to look bad in front of our friends. I probably wouldn't have responded the same way as Jesus did. I wish I would. But if I'm honest, would I? Or would I have been, oh yeah, you're right. I don't see the person, I just see the sin. But we end up killing the person instead of killing the sin. Are you with me? This is why Jesus came. John 8, verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. They were trying to trap him in saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote the dust in, in, in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. He stood up and said, all right, the first one, without sin, throw the first stone. Let's, here's, here's point number three. I will attempt to see as God sees. I will attempt. Why do I say attempt? Because I, I can't say I will see as God sees. I, I'll be honest with you, I just can't. In my humanity, I cannot see as God sees, but I will attempt. Is any, can anybody commit to that with me? Can you commit to that with me? Because I know, I know you're going to see imperfectly. You're going you're gonna to pass judgment before judgment needs to be passed. And it's going to be impossible for you to completely see the way that God sees you, the way that God sees. But we can attempt. Come on, we can, we can strive toward. Are you with me? We can, we can begin to ask the Lord. Instead of, instead of passing judgment first, ask the Lord, how do you see the situation? Like what if, what if the Pharisees would have come to Jesus and said, how do you really see the situation? We're here to learn. Oh, it would have been a different experience. It would have been. It would have been. That's, that's a lot of times how the disciples would, would respond. Like how, what, do we, what do we do here? <laughs> how, how does this get done, Right? That's how you know you're a disciple of the Lord because you're there to learn and you're there to listen. All of a sudden, over time, you start to see like, hey, his patterns are different than, than the other patterns. I, I've seen religious leaders and this isn't how religious leaders do things. And so as you saw, sat under Jesus, oh man, you see the way that he started to see people. That judgment would stop to be passed as much, right? All the, and it probably took time. I'm sure it took time for Simon the Zealot to be okay with Matthew the tax collector. These were utter enemies. Are you with me? but now they're disciples of Jesus. I'm sure they both looked at each other with a little bit sideways at times. Like They're like, I'm going to stay as close to Jesus as possible so Simon doesn't get me. <laughs> Are you with me? Like, I don't know about you, but that probably would have been me if I was Matthew. I would have been scared out of my mind. Like, please don't make me go and be in a tent with that guy because I might not come out. <laughs> Are you with me? So a lot of times, I wonder how many of us are saying that about each other in church today. Don't put me around that person. I can't go to... I can't go to small group because I'll be belittled. I'll be looked at wrong. My husband, my wife doesn't show up with me. I'll be judged. I'll be looked at in a different way. My kids have gone awry. They're, they're not doing what I taught them to do. And, and so now, like, if I, if I go and, and get around these men and women that are men and women of God, they're going to realize that I have flaws. Are you with me? So all of a sudden, we're responding like Matthew maybe would have. Don't put me around those people. I don't want to be judged. Oh, where's your husband? Oh, he doesn't come to church. He doesn't believe in God. Oh, one of those, huh? Whether you realize it or not, that person felt so much judgment in that moment, so much pain in that moment. They want him so bad to come with them. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. They want so bad. But all attempt to see is God sees. What if we, 
as Christ followers had the same goal that Jesus had? What if we stopped trying to judge people and instead, knowing they sin, like my sin, are condemned already, attempt to lead them to Jesus, the only way to be saved from this condemnation? One of those moments where you, when you sit with somebody, you go like, listen, I'm not here to condemn you either. I, you already know that how you live your life is not perfect and not right. But I want to tell you, you don't have to live in condemnation. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Let me introduce you to my Lord and Savior. Come, come and see him. Come and be with him. Listen, I'll be honest with you. You come to this church, you're going to be around people. And people can be terrible. We mess up all the time. We, we judge each other when we shouldn't. We say, oh, I can't tell you how many times I should. I, if I was more flexible, I would be putting my foot in my mouth. Are you with me? But I can't. But I should. Are you with me? Is anybody with me? I know Chelsea's probably like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. You probably should put your foot in your mouth more often. All right, don't say those things. Chelsea doesn't judge me either. She loves me even though she's like, wow. Those verses about, like, God, if God can use an ass to get his word somewhere, he can use, are you with me? That's a biblical word. Don't get offended. Is a donkey, right? If, if God can get his word through there or a burning bush, man, he can use you. Back to verse 8. Not going to have my worship team come up. They finish in here soon. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Why this is so important to all of us today, it's kind of like why we do, why we have the sacraments, why we do communion. Communion is a, a moment to remember what Jesus did for us. I think sometimes we need to put ourselves in the place of this woman caught in adultery. And remember that we're all caught in our sin. We are. And all of a sudden, if I can remember that I was that naked, scared, what's going to happen person, that I was broken to the point of, I don't know if I can break any further than this than death. If I can get to that place and remember, then all of a sudden I'm not pointing fingers at everybody else and where they fall short. Are you with me? Because guess what? If, if God said, said that it was important enough for them to have breath today, that means every single person, that means all the people that we're supposed to hate, all the people that we're supposed to hate, if God saw it fit to put breath in their lungs today, that means there's still purpose to their life. And so it's important for us to point them to Jesus. Are you with me? Jesus is the only one that can fix it. Jesus is the only one that can work through it. Jesus can only one that can reveal the fullness of somebody's life, the importance of somebody's life. I'll be honest with you. I was caught up when I was a young guy. I got caught up in hating homosexual people. Oh, it's okay. I don't mind if you judge me because I should have judged myself. I grew up, when I grew up, I remember my parents saying like, oh, oh. And they would just shun these people, shun these people, shun these people. So I grew up thinking, oh, I'm supposed to hate them. And I did. I did. When I was in the Marine Corps, I had, somebody asked me because they knew I was a Christian. They said, well, what would you do with, with homosexuals? You want to hear how terrible my idea was? 
This is where you can pass judgment on me. Are you ready? Because I'm just as much a broken sinner as you are. My thought and what I told this man, I was probably 20 years old. What I told this man is I said, I wish I could put on a pride parade in a coliseum and blow the whole thing up. I said that. I said that, you guys. I said that. I said that. And why did I say that? I don't know why I said that. I thought it would be the right thing. Like, like, hey, let's just end all of it right now. But you know what? You're never going to end sin that way. Never. Never. And it wasn't until years later that I was at my corporate job and I'm sitting across my cubicle is this lady named Stephanie. And Stephanie, Stephanie is married to her wife. Now, by this time, my beautiful bride had helped me in a lot of ways to learn to love everyone. Like everyone, everyone. Every, somebody say everyone. Everyone. I learned that that's still a person in there. That's still a person. It was so easy for me to say, nope, that's a homosexual. That is not a person. That's not what Jesus did. He didn't, he didn't see an adulteress. He saw her. I see you. I see you. And I know you can't dig yourself out of this hole. So here I am to pull you out of it. If you want to, go and sin no more. Are you with me? And he's saying to each of us the same thing. Because I remember, because I had, I, I didn't like my job very much. Does anybody like hate their job? Come on, somebody. Right? Have you ever had a job you hate? I'll say that so that in case your boss is watching online right now. You've ever had a job you hated? I hated, I didn't like my job. So I had scriptures all over my screen. Like I, I put on a little sticky note and I put it up there. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? I'm putting like these scriptures on there to try to remind myself that it's okay to work at this cubicle and I'm going to get through it. And I remember one day we were joking around, everybody in, in our cubicles there, and, and, and I told Stephanie, I said, Stephanie, I love you. And she said, what? You can't love me. I said, what? What do you mean? Of course, I love you. And she says, no, you're a Christian. You can't love me. I got laid off that year. And then we fast forward two years. Stephanie didn't get laid off. Stephanie got promoted. Stephanie became the boss of, of our little area. Two years later, she called me, and it couldn't have been more of a perfect time. I had I had, I had, had a couple businesses, and my cell phone business had just, T-Mobile had just changed everything from two-year contracts, and now the little guy, the guy that, the little guy that would sell contracts, couldn't sell contracts anymore. So I lost my business, and she called me. And she said, hey, Justin, are you looking for a job? I said, man, if you'd have called me a few weeks ago, I would have said, no way. But this thing just happened? And yeah, I'm looking for a job. He says, well, why don't you come in and for an interview? I said, okay. So I came in, and I knew everybody already, so it was like the easiest interview ever. I'm like, hey, buddy, hey, bro, hey, good to see you. Oh, my gosh, how's everybody doing, right? You're walking through like, ah. And, and then it, it was just semantics. Like, okay, you're going to meet with this guy, you're going to meet with that guy. Okay, we can sign off. You can work here again. My first day of work, he said, Justin, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. And she took me into the conference room. I'm like, crud, it's only the first day. How much have I screwed up already? took me in the conference room. She said, close the door. Close the door. And we sat down at the conference table. And she pulled out the Bible. And she slid it across the table. And she says, I want you to know something. You were the very first Christian to ever tell me that you loved me. It was one little conversation in the middle of work. You were the very first one 
Now, I'm still married to my wife, but I, wanted, I want you to know, I went to a conference this last year and, and I radically gave my life to Jesus. And I'm working through these things. I'm figuring out my life. But thank you for loving me. And I thought to myself, man, if you'd only knew who I was just a couple years before and the things I would have said and the hate I would have had. She came to church one day when I was preaching on a Wednesday night at the Way Family Church. And uh, I was preaching on Jesus tipping over the tables. And I said, what would the tables look like today if he were to come into the church? And I picked the top ten reasons people don't go to church. And you want to know what one of them was? Being homophobic. I didn't know she was going to come that day. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, what is she going to say when I preach this part of it? I talked about all ten things and how we need, to, we need to fix this, you guys. We need to learn how to love. We need to learn how to extend grace. We need to learn how to do these things. And I, I put tables up and I lined them up and I started throwing tables in the middle of church with these things that were written on and I just like threw this thing and I'm through this thing. I, I was just as crazy back then as I am now. She called me into the office the next day. Thursday morning. She called me in the office again. She said, hey, can you meet me in the conference room? I'm like, here it is, man. Oh. What did I say? What did I do? And she brought me in there. She says, why do you work here? I said, well, I need the money. (laughs) She says, but listening to you yesterday, I know that God's got a bigger purpose for you, and you're going to be out there talking to thousands of people because what I heard, everyone needs to hear. I thought, man, to hear this from you, come on, you guys. Something can shift in our life if we just let God live through us. Instead of trying to figure it all out ourselves. You want to know something funny? When I went, went to a, another semantics thing, but I went to fill out the application stuff to work at Centerpoint Church. I put her as my reference. Now, when I got to sit in the executive pastor's office and he said, hey, I called your references and one of them was another pastor friend of mine. He's like, he gave you a great reference and Stephanie said you work with her and you get, she gave you a great reference and I said, can I tell you a story? He was bawling on the other side of that table. Could not believe. Like, I just, are you kidding me? No. If we'll humble ourselves and watch what God can do in and through our lives, oh, it's so much more than you could have imagined. So much more. I pray that you see yourself. I pray you don't look at me different. Please don't look at me different. I'm not special. I pray that you see yourself in that story. You see yourself taking steps of faith and you see yourself in God's grace and his goodness and you see yourself used by God. That's all that I am, used by God. I'm not better than you. Please don't hear that. If you have hatred in your heart for any group of people or any person, listen, you're just as broken as me. That's all I'm trying to tell you. I'm not trying to tell you shame on you. I'm trying to tell you shame off you. Let me get that off of you. You don't have to carry that anymore. Are you with me? We can see things the way Jesus sees things if we try, if we attempt it. Amen? Romans 5, 8. 
But God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Verse 9. And since we have made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Verse 11. So now we can rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Now we can rejoice in the wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. (coughs) This is God's word, you guys. He came not to condemn you. He came to bring you to life. Everything that you feel when you know you've done something wrong, all the guilt, all the shame, Jesus says you don't have to live with any of it. Any of it. But I killed someone. Okay? Go and sin no more. Oh, that's hard to hear, isn't it? Can't forgive somebody that killed someone. You ever hated someone? Same thing. Are you with me? Go and sin no more. I know for some of my Marine brothers, they killed someone and they regret it. They hurt and it holds on to their heart. And they can't give their heart to anybody else. Ask their wife how difficult it is to have have done the things you've done and try to be loved. It's next to impossible. So for some of you that are like, killed someone, that's kind of drastic. It isn't for them. It's real for them. So no matter where you are, whether it's you, you went 76 and 75 or you killed someone, I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He's not looking at your sin. He sees you. He's like, let me take the sin off of you so that the Father can see you too. Are you with me? He came that none should perish. Somebody say none. I love that number. Oh, what a good number. None should perish, but that all would have everlasting life. Are you with me? That's his goal. That's his dream. That's his vision. That's what he did when he came down. Even in the middle of pain, even when he said, Father, let this cup pass from me, but if there is no other way, then here I am. Let's do this. Your will be done. Are you with me? Because when he saw you, he saw you without blemish. He saw you to be free. Yes, we have to repent of our sin. That's why he says, go and sin no more. Yeah. What does the word repent mean? I, sometimes I think that, that word, we end up using it as like a dagger. Repent, 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 right? What does the word repent mean? You know what the word repent means? It means to turn around and go the other way. That's what it means. Jesus didn't even tell her to repent. He didn't. He just said, go and sin no more. But it means the same thing. Go the other way. Stop going down this road. That's all he's trying to say. Go the other way. Repent. Be done with it. Put that part of your life behind you. And let's move forward. That's what Jesus is saying. It came that you could have everlasting life. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. 
We hope you have a wonderful week.